Welcome to the Content and Media Matters podcast, a series of interviews with key leaders throughout the industry, all brought to you by the Content and Media team at Nuco, a specialist global recruitment and executive search firm. Welcome to the Content and Media Matters podcast. Your hosts today are me, Tegan Villaney, Managing Consultant, and Henry Johnson, one of the consultants here at NUCO. And we are delighted to be joined today by Neil Foster, CEO of 24i. Growing up, Neil always wanted to work in technology. As a child, he loved computers and electricity and found it incredible that something he couldn't see was so powerful. Neil began his career working for British Aerospace as an engineer, not surprising actually for somebody with a PhD in helicopter digital control systems. Neil quickly moved into commercial roles, working for the likes of MTA, Wind River, SBL and MiniWeb. He then started working for Access in 2009, firstly as the VP of Global Sales before coming their CEO in 2018 only two years before his beloved Liverpool Football Club won the Premier League. These days, when he's not catching up with his old school friends or away on adventurous holidays, Neil is the CEO of 24i, a role which he took on in March 2022. Welcome to the show, Neil. Hello, excellent. I love that summary. It's better than I could have done. (laughs) (laughs) no worries at all it's been very interesting to write actually I'd love to spend a a day in your shoes but to get us started and we always love to ask people how did you first get into the content and media industry yeah I think it's uh, just an evolutionary kind of journey really I think anybody who describes their life as I've got older I've realized that um, uh, plans <laughs> never quite go how you would like them to go. Uh, it's There's a quite a random effect as well. You can't control the world. So the world tends to go quicker than you. And you just try to make the best <laughs> decisions and look back on hindsight and say that it was all part of the plan. But um, no, it was all quite, um, you know, it stepped off, as you said. Um, I loved writing computer programs in ZX81. I probably was a bit of a nerd with writing all the games and you know and all the code and it's such small amounts of memory it was all quite fascinating to do and then um, by doing that you sort of luckily the world with all its computing world uh, you know every Moore's law every 12 to 18 months uh, with technology improving um, luckily that went on I'm still a bit jealous of the um, young generation now you know I was about 2021 when mobiles came in i would love to have had uh, mobiles and yeah. computing power when i was a kid uh, i would have loved it uh, it would have been such fun but you know <laughs> i can still get involved now <laughs> no most definitely neil and i mean taking it back to the past um, we've done our background checks um, and we know that your phd professor um, had a really profound impact on you um, but we'd be keen to know um, who has had the biggest influence on your career yeah, there's certain individuals, um, you know, mostly CEOs that I found amazing. You know, I was very lucky at SPL with Jason Dolvane. He was a uh, quite inspirational, very young at the time. I think he was around 31 when he was CEO of SPL, um, and he wow. founded it with uh, Cumin and, uh, and a couple of other of his university um, graduates. Wow! And just to see some of the visionary. 
at Espiel, they were very much doing uh, the connected world, probably a bit too early, um, uh, and they were uh -huh. doing Java as well. So some of the fundamentals that they had are now, we're now seeing with all the IoT uh, interoperability and connected device world. And, you know, it's going to the extreme now with all the meta uh, metaverse oh, and, kind of stuff. Yeah. and everybody's got a very religious opinion on all that uh, technology and but there's still lots of use cases which are really fascinating and, and i'm lucky with my son liking roblox um oh. it helps me understand the monetary part of that with roblox um, and how the, the the new digital economy effectively will, will appear now I'm glad um, that you mentioned the metaverse, Neil. As we do have a question for you on that later. Um, oh, really? But before that, um, you've worked in um several high-profile roles across your career. Is there a period that you can single out as being the most enjoyable? Uh, yeah, there's probably two. One is Wind River in Alameda, California. That was that was my uh, fastest learning. I was only there for about two and a half years, but. Um, to, to be in this sort of Silicon Valley, uh, California world 22 years ago or something um, was fascinating. Um, it's even more obviously fascinating now, but um, at least I was there when it was, uh, yeah. many of the fundamentals were, were starting in many ways. That was fantastic. And then being at Access from a um, sort of um, career growth, um, going from a, consultant effectively um, to running uh, product sales uh, operations and then CEO of uh, international and Europe uh, that was wonderful uh, career-wise yeah oh I can imagine and I bet there's some some fascinating Silicon Valley stories <laughs> but that'll be for another time but um, across your career um, as an industry leader Neil I imagine um, you've led global teams some multifunctional teams um what have been some of the challenges but also some of the wins associated with this yeah no it's it's always about uh, make communication it's all about making sure that everybody kind of feels part of it and everybody feels um in the team um because in the, the day uh it's all about delivery at some point uh, but you've got to be able to deliver with a happy team and so, and you know, being able to explain the why is actually yeah. just as important as the what we're doing. Um, so that's always been the challenge, especially as you said, with uh, different um, uh, skill sets, different geographies, different languages, different everything. Um, you know, it's very important to keep a um, sort of understanding and keep that common team. But that's the kind of thing that I really enjoyed. You know, I'm very lucky that my uh, mother's from Holland, so I've actually uh, got dual nationality. I'm both English and Dutch. Uh -huh. I'm really English, but my mother <laughs> has yeah. put lots of Dutchness inside me. <laughs> and my wife is from Finland. So we've got uh, a very international personal life, as well as um, I've always worked for 25 years now with multinational teams. And even when I was in Dusseldorf the the team was from every single country in the world so it's wow. you know I actually enjoy that I, I really enjoy it uh, when you've got all sorts of different personalities and cultures I think it's a wonderful thing about the world that the global nature 
definitely adds such value as well and I mean it's great to hear about um, some of the key aspects of your career so far um, so now we're going to hand across to Tegan um, to look at the present but also what the future might help. Cool. Oh thank you Henry I you know you've recently joined 24i as as their CEO um, and I'd be really interested to know what drew you towards 24i? Yeah, well, there was a number of things. One, I'd known them for a long time, so I'd known Amino um, because they were actually one of my one of Axis's customers. Um, so yeah. I knew them very well, and I knew Donald uh, very well, who's the CEO of Ethereum um, Group. So um, I was very lucky that I, a, I was I've been in that space, so I knew the video space, and I knew the technology, and I knew the ecosystem uh, very mm-hmm. well. Um, so it was, it was more of a uh, perfect coming together uh, timing. So it's really, really good news. The fate, it was written in the stars or it was, yeah, you know, the universe so. obviously wanted you there. Yeah, <laughs> no, wonderful. And, you know, as somebody who knows this part of the ecosystem incredibly well, how do you see the current state of the content and media industry? Um, I realise that's a very broad question, <laughs> um, but w- what is your take on it? Well, I think it's wonderful that the, the whole Netflix, Disney, Amazon, Hulu, all of, all of those companies um, have made it so that you can tell people what you do now. Because yeah. before that, uh, you'd sort of say, yeah, I work in the video space. And they'd sort of look blankly at, oh, so you mean kind of Sky stuff or Virgin stuff? And you'd go, kind of. Um And that would be the limit of the conversation. But now when you say, oh, yeah, I'm in the world of video streaming where Netflix and Amazon, oh, well, that's really cool. I use Netflix or Amazon, you know. So you actually now have a – and we've got all these different devices. So we have mobiles, we have have TVs, we have all the different types of devices. So it's now relevant. And and the bizarre thing as well is – it's really fascinating for me is that, uh, especially as WinDriver was a real-time operating system company, is that people now talk about operating systems. So yeah. you talk about whether you've got Android or Apple iOS, and people actually talk about it. Whereas 20 years ago, if you mentioned the word operating system, people would look at you blankly. Yeah, so, um, yeah. I'm really happy that the the kind of general words that we use are actually uh, relevant to people's lives. <laughs> That's yeah. That's the fun thing. It's become, in fact, it's become more than just colloquial. It's sort of, you get a bit yeah. teased sometimes, you know, can, a, <laughs> can an Android-Apple relationship work? I don't know. Exactly. Now. <laughs> it's, uh, yeah. it, it becomes quite religious, to be honest, that people get, <laughs> you know, you've got an Android phone. Okay, okay. So you can't do this. No, okay. But you can do this. And it's a really fun conversation always. And out of interest, what sort of phone do you have? So I always swore, actually, about 15 years ago, I think, that I would never have an Apple phone because I didn't want to get tied into their ecosystem. Uh, and But ironically, I, I have an Apple phone. Same. <laughs> and it's partly, same. it's nice, the security aspect of it, to be honest. That's one of the reasons I like it uh, uh, is the security of it. But that wasn't so true last week. But uh, uh, when you have oh. to do an update. Um, but oh. yeah, anyway. I do worry about the security. I, I, I do like the fact that there's secure phones. Oh, I, I, I'm with you. And thankfully, my husband has an Apple phone. So <laughs> all, all is happy and well in the Fellaini household. <laughs> Talking, though, of, you know, Netflix, Disney Plus, um, Prime, etc. 
I mean, do you think that streaming will replace traditional broadcast and cable? And if so, when do you think that might happen? Yeah, no, it's, it's always an interesting question. It's always yeah. like set to box is dead and all these other kind of yeah. uh, th- th- things have, are going to quickly change. I mean, there's always a migration. There's always a transition. And and people always kind of misunderstand that the uh, the skies and virgins and Comcasts and all the other cable and uh, satellite and telcos, you know, they're iterating their models all the time. Um, and... Uh, the good news is for the consumer, there's a lot and lot of different possibilities mm. uh, fitting whatever kind of personal circumstances or cost point or or niche. I think the biggest growth is that is that the niche and genre specific. So what you're interested in, you can actually now um, decide how you're going to get that delivered rather yeah. than just saying, I'm going to have the cable operator and I've just got what they offer me. So you can now customize effectively. Um, there's lots of different interesting words for this, but you know you can choose what you want to watch and pay for what you want to watch. Mm. So I quite like that um, a choice factor in the industry now. Yeah. Would you say that that choice factor is one of the biggest opportunities for the industry today? Yeah, exactly. I mean, it's um, the irony of it is it'll probably go round in circles because yeah. just as we're starting to see uh you know advertising avod now being put on services like uh, netflix and disney uh, whereas they didn't have advertising and people always said i would never have advertising now they've got advertising and the same way with all the various different uh models for how the prices go and what you choose and aggregation models of bringing them all together it's 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 going to iterate again um, but I think it's being put together in a in a more um, consumer, you know, just looking at me as a Liverpool football fan, I get to <laughs> choose which services provide me with the football. So I quite yeah. like that. Yeah, indeed. And on the flip side, what what do you think some of the challenges are going to be for the industry over the next 12 months? Yeah, no, I mean, there's quite a few challenges. I mean, obviously, we've right. got the cost of living crisis. It's going to be happening with all the you know energy costs. And there's clearly going to be some sort of uh, recession uh, that's going yeah. to happen. So, you know, in many ways, the irony of t- TV land is that uh, people watch more TV when they don't go out. So, um, but you see, they're still going to show the value. So it's all about value based. There's, I saw this. Did you see the graph chart that came out to many people showing the enormous number yes. of services that people can pay for and have mind blowing? It's too many, and it's starting to happen in every country. And I think it'll be—it's um, a classic. You've got to show value for your service. And um, in fact, one of the reasons we've done the recommendations um, uh, acquisition of the filter and do twenty-four IQ is that the recommendations and how the data analytics works to make sure people can find content is absolutely mm. critical because it's it's not just about having a big library. You know, if you walked into a conventional library and just saw all the books there and you You'd didn't know lost. where to go, you're lost. Exactly. So I think yeah. content discovery is a huge problem. Yeah. Um, but then and the pricing you, and value. I completely agree. And content is actually meaningless and priceless if your end user can't find what exactly. they want to watch. 
Yeah. Yeah, no, completely. Well, thank you. And I'm going to pass over to Henry now, um, because if people didn't know, we're about to all jump on a plane and head off to (laughs) Amsterdam. Um, I definitely need to start thinking about what to pack. But Henry, I'm going to pass over to your good self. Thank you, Tegan. Well, it's nine days and counting as of today, Neil. So we thought we'd dig into a couple of questions surrounding IBC. And I mean, um, can you believe it? It seems that um, three years now in the making and we're anticipating hot topics to be around um, engagement and analytics and fast networks and really how to cope with this rise in demand for streaming. I'd be keen to understand what your topic or what your take is going to be on some of these topics. Yeah, no, I mean, there's a number of topics. I mean, because uh, we're quite unusual at 24i that we've we've got both um, the kind of new generation of um, video director director consumer um, people like Pure Flix that do friends and family um, version of Netflix effectively and uh, Sony Entertainment have done a quite a clever thing with Crunchyroll and Pure Flix and others um, creating this niche genre specific to quite large subscriber bases and but then we've also got the classic. Um, pay TV, cable, satellite operators. And so, you know, Slovak Telecom and Delta and others. And it's quite fascinating to see the competitive elements that are all going into the ecosystem. So I, we see that the, how this, ultimate it's how do you get video streaming simple and easy for the consumer and for the, for the operator. So one of them is discovery. I mean, that's one of the great things we'll be going to do a lot of, um, um, the demonstrations on our on pods on the on our booth and uh, also videos, you know, just to show how uh, you've got rails of content and as we kind of just also discussed, getting content easily uh, discovered is is a major problem. You know, there there is too much content usually, and it's it's either got to be done by discovery or it's got to be you watch this and 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 therefore you're recommended to watch that. Or it's just reinforcement, you know, you're paying for this service, you know, you're paying five pounds or five dollars to ten dollars to fifteen dollars for some services. Um, you want to know that the content that you're probably going to watch next is on there. Otherwise, yeah. you know, it's, you're going to switch to a different service to get yeah. that content. Um, so, you know, we're showing all sorts of um, really quite clever. We've got these data scientists who are all really, really clever in Bath in England, and they've worked out all these algorithms that um, cluster and connect all the different types of consumers um, to recommend stuff. And it's it's very highly mathematical, which I personally enjoy the mathematical aspect of it (laughs) because I love algorithms. But from a consumer point of view, you don't care, you just want to be simple. So it's um, how do you translate what's actually complicated into what you look at on the screen to be simple and fun? An enjoyable, you know, beautiful UX user experience. So I think that's um, one of the key areas that we'll be showing and uh, enjoying to show because it's it's very visual. It's just yeah. so fun to be doing visual things, you know, and it's it's so obvious if it works or not. Yeah. <laughs> it sounds um, fascinating to hear, Neil, and I can imagine that discovery is never ending as well. So I mean, <laughs> the solution is certainly solving a problem there for sure. <laughs> and I mean, I'm keen to ask you this question. So having been in the industry um, for many years now, you've seen IBCs come and go, and um, with the rise of new technologies such as the metaverse, um, and the pandemic teaching us that Zoom is just as efficient. Mm-hmm. How do you think trade shows will change in the years to come? 
Yeah, it's an interesting question. I've, I've always regarded trade shows as only relevant when they've got a fascinating, exciting, trendy subject, you know. Yeah. And from my personal point of view, I don't think the IBC organisers would like it, but, you know, from my point of view, IBC was struggling a number of years ago. Yeah. You know, it had the, the, the cable satellite sort of telco industry had created quite a um, monopolist type scenario where they're all kind of controlling and therefore the ecosystems were quite set um but with video streaming it's netflix disney and amazon have completely broken the whole industry in a good way from my point of view that changing dynamic has meant the ibc is probably more relevant than ever because there's more technology choices and it's not just the content creators of uh, and direct to consumer the content you know there's sport going directly to con to subscribers and then there's all the different devices so we've seen the massive growth of connected tv you know everybody's tv in the room is not now just connected to your cable or satellite yeah. telco it's you know and as a younger generation person yourself uh, i don't want to ask you questions <laughs> yeah, <I know. laughs> you've probably got even more creative ideas for how you get content on that screen and so i think it's wonderful that um, ibc now can reinvent itself and have a more exciting uh, multidisciplinary video content media yeah. and device centric uh, focus it's a wonderful uh, development catering um for all as well and i mean echoing everything there neil and <laughs> apart from 24i of course um which companies are you looking forward um to seeing ibc and who do you think is doing some exciting things in the industry at the moment yeah no there's quite a few companies um uh, i think i think amargi amargi um depending how you say sure. it uh, they're, they're really quite fascinating they've been identified as a unicorn um and uh, not surprising that they have a true cloud. So much of it is about the cloud. So whoever's yeah. got stuff going on at the cloud, clearly, and, and who's written it specific, you know, properly for the cloud, not just yeah. put their code on the uh, on the service uh, when they're actually using the uh, the power of the cloud. I think is fascinating. So that's one company. Barometrics is always fascinating. Yeah. Uh, Deto, another. Some of the um, content protection. There's a lot of security issues. So I'm interested to see how security uh, develops because, you know, whilst all these apps and all these devices seem, and they are brilliant, uh, there, there is a lot of security uh, and there's a lot of data protection that needs to happen because you're dealing with consumers' data. So um, I'm particularly interested to see how the um, security implications, how the content protection um, develops, and also just the pure models of, uh, how you connect the consumer to that content. I think it's fascinating. No, I completely agree with you there, Neil, and that is a topic which we could continue to talk about, <laughs> um, certainly, but I know we've got to move on. Um, so I'm now going to hand over to Tegan to cover um, everything, including diversity and inclusion. Cool. Oh, thanks, Henry. Neil, how do you think trade shows such as IBC can better promote diversity and, and inclusion, of course? Yeah, no, I mean... So the good news in one way is that people are face to face. So I do yeah. do think there's a um, an opportunity for people to meet and and communicate. Mm -hmm. I think uh, two or three years of non-communication is not good. 
Um, no. But I think it's, a, it's a, I think in general that's a wider question. You know, I, I do think Twenty Four I is extremely um, focused on making sure we have a, a fully diverse and inclusive mm. uh, company. Uh, uh, you know, and I generally do think that companies uh, are changing. I mean, they started mm. off maybe in a classic old-fashioned engineering uh, world, um, but now. Uh, the companies are all in a very much um, more uh, dynamic, uh, inclusive. And it's really, you know, at the end of the day, it's just go do your work, <laughs> enjoy yeah. doing your work and be be fair and fair minded. Um, and that's what we're doing, basically. Fantastic. And I mean, you must have seen diversity change hugely uh, across your career. What what steps do you think the industry can take or or, or what indeed does 24i do to better promote diversity and inclusion? Yeah, no, we, we have um, specific programmes. I mean, on the well-being side, I mean, yeah. uh, actually, paradoxically, um, uh, coincidentally, yesterday we had a two hour, the whole company uh, had to be on a and, and was invited we do you weren't forced to but almost the whole company did come to a, a two-hour well-being um wow. mind share my you know so there are there are very active proactive steps that mm. um a group with amino and 24i um led by the ceo that my boss um to put that in place so those are good proactive um sort of sim they're not just symbols they they actually go on regularly so every two weeks we have these things uh, that really help uh, focus everybody on being um, inclusive but yeah no it's, it's a cultural thing in many cases yeah you know in our company it's culturally important and we have multiple different um sort of um structural methods but um, it's mostly a culture thing to make sure that people are listened to, people are, are respected. Um, mm. You know, I've, I go to the offices regularly with the, the leadership team, and we make sure that uh, uh, if, make sure the principles are being upheld by the um, yeah. that, that we want to follow. Yeah, and it's all the data. I mean, you must have seen it. Says that the more diverse workforce you have, the better the company functions as well. Yeah. The more healthy it is, the more productive it is. Exactly. And to be honest, we've got such a diverse workforce that yeah, you it have really, obviously, we've always got to check it careful, we've got to make sure we are, but we do already have uh, a very highly uh, um, capable workforce of every different type of uh, diverse person. Um, yeah. So, uh, you know, I think 24i, we can always do better. So I'd never say the job's finished, um, but it, we, we, I do feel like um, uh, the world has changed a lot since uh, mm. I worked for an engineering company 25 <laughs> years ago. I think it's changed a lot. In a good indeed. Way. No, indeed. Well, thank you for your, your thoughts on such, such an important topic as well. Um, Henry, I am going to pass straight back over to you. Um, let's learn a little bit more about Neil outside of work. <laughs> So it's a bit of an unwritten rule, Neil, that this is my favourite question to ask. Um, cool. So it does always fall to me. Um, but we've learned about your career already, but I'm sure our listeners um, would love to know a bit more about you. And we're certainly a curious bunch. Um, what would you say would be your perfect weekend? Oh, um, my wife may not be so happy, but uh, it certainly would be watching football. <laughs> <laughs> so, I mean, ideally, it's Liverpool, uh, Liverpool Football Club playing Champions League. 
you know, not normally on the weekend, unless they're in the final. So uh, I'd, my perfect weekend would be watching Liverpool Football Club beat uh, Real Madrid. They failed twice to beat Real Madrid, but uh, uh, I'd love to see Liverpool Football Club beat Real Madrid in the final. Um, I'd rather be there. I'd love to be um, uh, in Spain. I'd, I'd like to be maybe in the new Camp. I'd like to be in Barcelona Stadium. Yeah. Uh, watching Liverpool beat Real Madrid. That would be... Because I've been in the new Camp and when there wasn't a football match when I was about 18, just as a tourist, and we went up the top and it's it's like a funnel. It's it's an incredible experience. Wow. And But I've never seen a match there. So that would be my to-be-completed perfect yeah. uh, weekend. I think that would be the best bit. <laughs> I had a feeling um, it was going to be Liverpool related, <laughs> but we will hand over to Tegan and we're going to dive straight into our quick fire round. Cool. Wonderful. So I'm going to give you an easy one to start off with, Neil. Rugby or football? Oh, football, football, football. Defender or striker? Uh, striker. Window or aisle seat? Oh, always um, uh, window. Always window. Always window, morning or evening? Uh, evening. Oh, interesting. That's that's to watch the Champions League. Well, no, it's also because I've done a lot of work with America, so they're usually up in America, so I tend got to it. work in the evenings anyway. Got it, got <laughs> it. Um, cardio or weights? Uh, cardio, I've always been much more to do with running and, uh, yeah. Sure. Espresso or latte? If I don't tend to drink coffee much, I'm more of a tea drinker, but I'd go definitely latte. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, computer games or books? So when I was younger, books, because there weren't that many computer games. <laughs> <laughs> there were a few Atari and Commodore 64. But no, no, it's, it's obviously computer games, yeah, yeah. Got it. Especially Halo, um, especially Halo. You could put oh. Halo when I was younger, obviously not now. Uh, my son can do all the games now, but uh, I can't <laughs> compete with him. But uh, uh, Halo, when I was yeah about t- ten years ago, fifteen years ago, yeah. I love it. I love it. And everyone's got to have an indulgence in something now. <laughs> Every everyone. And I know Halo. Halo was an excellent game and launched really the the Xbox. So I do think yeah. it's a fundamentally classic game. Yeah, indeed, indeed. So, what was the last movie you watched? Uh, oh, that's a good question. Oh, well, we went, we, we went, to, we, we watch all the, um, uh, oh, depends whether you're talking about Netflix type stuff or whether you're talking about going to the cinema. Either. Uh, Just the last movie you sat down and enjoyed. Oh, yeah. So, so we tend to go and see a lot of Avengers, uh, Marvel films. We, we do yes. like the Marvel universe. Yeah. Um, so it would have been Thor, not because of necessarily Thor, but because of, we have to see every single uh, Marvel film because they build up in phases to the next. So yeah. we're wait, waiting for the next phase, Infinity War type stuff, um, next phase. So it's very exciting to see how they'll go. It is. I'm with you as well. We That got that got us through lockdown. We went right back to the beginning. And, oh, yeah, and some people, some quite more. a lot of people did that. They yeah. watched the whole thing. Yeah. Yeah, it was it was it was a lifeline. To be frank, a life <laughs> lifeline. But did you watch them in order? Did you watch them in order? We watched them in chronological order as they happened, as well, opposed to as point. they came out. That's a good point. There are two different orders there. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, okay, mountain peaks or sunny beaches? 
Oh, now that's interesting. It would have always been um, mountains when I was younger because I my parents were obsessed with going up uh, Lake District uh, mountains. Mm. So at about 11, I was up Scalfell Pike, which I think is too young to go Oh, big mountains. Yes, that's quite a climb. Um, yeah, no, it's crazy. But um, no, I think uh, now I've got a bit older, having a relaxing holiday for a week is a good idea. Yes. <laughs> so now like it would mountains. be the beaches. That's a difficult question, actually, because I think I like mountains more. In, yeah, in it, it is. It is a tricky one. Um, <laughs> what about how are we going to get there, though? Plane or train? Oh, I do. Uh, whew, I did a lot of interrailing when I was a kid and really enjoyed it. And I still love trains. Uh, I'd rather have go to go by train, to be honest, because you get to see Same. and you get to talk to people. As well. Yeah, no, I agree. Love a train, love a train trip. Um, tricky one: Disney Plus or Netflix? So, in general, Netflix because they've got a variety of content. But I, we do watch the Marvel stuff on Disney. But I, I think Netflix has got a better variety uh, in general. Uh, mm-hmm, Disney, mm-hmm. Disney does need to shouldn't tell them what to do but I think Disney does need to <laughs> uh, widen their uh, the discovery of, of other content I think yeah there you go you heard it here first if you <laughs> if you if you had to eat one food for the rest of your life Neil what would it be oh good question very good question uh what do I like um what would I choose one food that's an interesting question. Um, I like food. Uh, Same. Chocolate. I guess chocolate as well, probably. Yeah, um, you can't go I wrong. To, if, I, if I was, yeah, if I was forced to choose one thing, I guess it would be chocolate. Yeah. 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 Well, if you're at IBC and want clarification <laughs> on what type of chocolate, head to the 24 IB. <laughs> <laughs> um, finally, though, your day is it crazy or sane? Um, so I like it to be crazy. So I like it to be busy. So it's sane because I like that. <laughs> it's sane because it's crazy. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I don't want it to be simple, straightforward. I want to. That's why this conversation is excellent. You've I'm with think. you. No, <laughs> I'm with you there. I, you know, I'm the sort of person who by the Sunday evening, I'm ready to get back to work. I'm, I'm done resting. <laughs> Wonderful. Well, Henry, I'm going to pass over to you for our very final question. So we always like to finish with the same question, Neil, and that would be, what is one piece of advice you would give to someone entering the industry? That's an interesting question. Um, I think the main piece is to, to enjoy, um, because um, while sometimes you get, it can be a bit stressful um, uh, doing various different technical tasks. I, I was doing various different QA stuff at one point um, and didn't understand why I was doing it. Actually, many of the different things I've done have ended up um, by the role I have now. I understand more roles and I understand some more complexity. So whilst things don't make sense about some things you do when you're younger, as you get older, you start to realize the context of what you learned them in. So I think my advice would be um, don't, don't, don't get too frustrated or uh, and, uh, impatient uh, about very, doing various things because they, uh, they come into a bigger picture uh, and a bigger understanding uh, as you get older or get more experience, I should say, more experience. Yeah. 
Wonderful, thank you. I, I wonder as well if that's years of watching Liverpool play. <laughs> well, I had 30 years of never not winning the league, so I, I yeah. lost patience. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I'm very happy now. Wonderful. Neil, thank you so much for, for coming on the show. It, it really has been a pleasure and definitely looking forward to catching up at IBC. But thank you for sharing with us all, all of your thoughts and pearls of wisdom. Thank you very much. Enjoyable. Thank you for listening to the show. If you enjoyed it, please do subscribe and give us a rating. It really helps these stories to be found and enjoyed by more people. For more information about NUCO, we can be found at www.nuco-group.com. That's N-E-U-C-O-group.com.